Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me is evangelist Tim Green, and he uh, was gracious enough to join us after preaching chapel at Providence Baptist College. And so we'll continue our conversation with him. Brother Green, we were talking about caring for the preacher, and we talked about several different categories. I wanted to bring out a, um, a contrast between caring for an evangelist who, or a preacher, maybe it's a missionary on deputation who's got a wife and kids in tow with him on the deputation trail, on the evangelism trail, versus an evangelist that is uh, doesn't necessarily have children uh, with him, or maybe his wife doesn't always travel with him. Um, what are the differences, and what what should a preacher consider caring for with you know each of these situations? Well, it would be an added expense, of course, if yes, you sir. had a family uh, just in feeding them uh, and and housing them. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, when their children get older, they sing and right. add something to the service. And when they're teenagers, they really are not going to sleep in the same room with mom and dad. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to get two rooms. Or maybe if you have boys and girls, you may have to have three uh, hotel rooms. The person would have to consider that. Um, family like that would uh, need more money, whether or not they got more money. Uh, and most evangelists, frankly, uh, I, I don't know what percentage, but I would say way more than 50%, uh, they flame out within a couple of years, especially if they're dragging their family around with them because mm-hmm. it's just, uh, especially in this day and age, it's just difficult and it's expensive. And, you know, mm-hmm. they want to have a, some of them have motor homes, you know, they get, you know, six miles, eight miles to the gallon. Yeah. And uh, they got to stay together, live together and that thing. I mean, my wife and I, uh, my father-in-law, he had a motor home. So I was, we were living in Michigan then. I had a meeting in Columbus, Ohio, a church I'd never been to before. Mm-hmm. So I packed up her and the three boys and off we went. So we get to this church. You know, I'm driving. I can't drive. You know, I could, I've never been a good driver, just to be frank. <laughs> And, you know, I'm driving yeah. this thing, weaving all over the highway. People are honking at me, you know. Yeah. It's, it's finally you kind of figure it out. And you get to the church, and it used to be, a, this church used to be a uh, a mortuary, uh, oh. a funeral home. Okay. But it had a mort- it had all the stuff in there, you know, still, some of it. <laughs> and so we park right by that. You know, my wife, she's yeah. ready to go home right now. And, you know, it is a little spooky, uh, you know, also in the Pastor, he brought over, and he brought $150 worth of groceries and just, here, this is how you be fed this week. And so that's what we did. And it was just a three, four-day meeting, which I was happy, and I drove that thing home and told my father-in-law, we're never doing this again. So, And I never did. I never took the family. Some yeah. some guys uh, did. Uh, I always felt like I wanted my kids to have a home. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to go to Christian school. Uh some people could homeschool. I mean, I have four earned college degrees, but there, and I took algebra in college, but I don't think I could teach algebra anymore. Yeah. I don't think I could teach uh, biology. I couldn't teach. And uh, if a parent, you know, some parents are smarter than I am, but it's pretty hard to teach all the topics and subjects <laughs> that a high yeah. schooler needs to learn and to really learn. And I... I really think that's going to be one of the uh, oncoming problems of all our kids around this country who aren't going to school right now. Mm-hmm. 
they're going online, but they're not paying attention every second online. I can promise you. I know teenagers. (laughs) I know kids. They're not doing it. So we're going to have a great bunch of uneducated kids who also uh, don't know how to interact with other kids. Because, you know, kids that go to church know how to do that, go to Sunday school and that. But every kid, you know, these lost people, their kids aren't doing that. This is the only social interaction that kids have. Exactly, and that's being eliminated. I don't know the damage that will do to a kindergarten, first grader, second grader, but I think it will be damaging. Certainly. But anyway, that was the last time we did it. And other people do it. Uh, But I don't know how, you know, I, I know what kind of offerings evangelists get. But when you have, uh, when you're not getting uh, some help to get there, and you're not getting some help to get to the next place, uh, you can eat up all your money in gas in those motorhomes. Mm-hmm. And and people do, you know, if they have their family, they sell their recordings or whatever, and some preachers sell their sermons or make them available for a love offering. I've had a book table for years, but people don't read books anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, the only way I sell books. Is you know buy two get one free. Okay, uh, that's about the only way to do it anymore. <laughs> At least it works for me. Sure. And uh, you know they're not doing any good in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, better in somebody's house than read it. That's right. But that's you know that's that's my take on it. I I know other you know other evangelists don't they're not going to agree with what I just said, uh, and that's their opinion and they have a right to it. I, you know, missionaries, you talk about, you know, flaming out after just a couple of years, a missionary on deputation, there's an end in sight. Yeah. You know, when the, yeah. this is when deputation is done and we're hitting, we're yeah. going to the field. While an evangelist, this is, this is an ongoing yeah. endeavor. So, Well, I think if a missionary doesn't get his money within a couple of years, he might reconsider his call. Mm-hmm. Not in every case, but if you're going to church after church, and I have a son that's on the mission field. He got his money in the first in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first started, I called three or four pastor friends of mine. I might have called Brother Gomez. I'm not sure. Maybe I called ten, but I raised him a thousand dollars a month on telephone in one or two days. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just said, "No, don't do any more." He said he needs to go on deputation. Him and his wife. They need to meet people and blah, blah, blah. And they did, and he's got 70 or 80 supporters, and mm-hmm. they do very well. You know, God's blessed him and been on the field almost 15 years now. So he, it's hard to imagine your son as a veteran missionary, <laughs> but I think <laughs> yeah. 15 years on any mission field yeah, in America or the world would be, <laughs> you'd be a veteran. Certainly. You know. Can you contrast the... Um, dynamic of caring for an evangelist versus caring for a pastor that you have coming in to preach? Because we've done that before. Rather than having an yeah. evangelist in a preaching meeting, it's a pastor from a you know sister church. I think pastors, you know, they have a salary. Yes, sir. Evangelists don't. And I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Now, we used to, I used to preach in a meeting uh, uh, for a great preacher, uh, Carl Lackey. Mm-hmm. And he had a, he called it King James Bible Jubilee, is what they called it. And so my dad would preach there, I would preach there, Uh, I don't know, maybe eight or ten different preachers would preach there every week. You know, he'd have it, he had it in the fall and in the spring. Mm -hmm. And I would sometimes go to both of them, sometimes, basically ended up, I just went to one of them, and I can't remember which one it was, but anyway... He would, Brother Lackey was so uh, open with me because we were such good friends, the family and uh, our family with him and his wife. 
And uh, he'd, we'd get down, he'd know, here's your check, Tim. Now, I gave your dad, he'd tell him about 100 or $200 more. He says, because your dad needs more than you do. And I'd always think, my dad doesn't need more than I do. <laughs> and part of it is because you know, my mother died when uh, she was 45. And my dad married again about eight or nine years later. Yeah. And he's still married to that lady. And thank God for her. But... Uh, he always said he had to keep that new woman up. You know, had to, but <laughs> that's just an odd circumstance. Yeah. And he, my dad, always did get the most. Yeah. But uh, I don't think pastors need as much if they got a salary. I mean, it's it's like uh, gravy to them, yeah. or a marshmallow on the top. Uh, and I, I think some of uh, some preachers are gone a lot. Some pastors are gone a lot. Uh, I don't know how healthy it is. See, pastors don't know what it's like at their church when they're not there. Yeah. But I have filled pulpits for preachers when they're off preaching a meeting and they're not there. It ain't very good. So you've seen the before in the same church and the after. Exactly. Oh, man. There's a lot of difference. Okay. Um, it, a pastor is such an important... He is, he is the, besides the Holy Ghost and, uh, and God working and Jesus saving... The pastor really is the most important person sitting there mm -hmm. and, and ministering there. And people rally to them and they have respect, or at least they should, mm -hmm. for their pastor and love for their pastor. I mean, it's kind of like uh, going home for Christmas and there's nobody there. Hmm. You know, Santa doesn't come, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't mean it that way, but, uh, you know, your parents aren't there. It's just that... It's a strange feeling because, again, I have, you know, I've been there. I've done it uh, for a lot of churches. You know, I, I still do it. I still, you know, guy's gone. He'll yeah. ask me to come or you, they sometimes say, and I think a pastor needs a vacation. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, at least a couple Sundays. Uh, most of them don't take Sundays off, but uh, I think it's a good thing. Can you speak to the difference between, obviously you said pastors have a salary, that was your opening statement, but evangelist, um, it doesn't, just because they're an evangelist full-time doesn't necessarily mean that every week of the year, no, they're, they're doing not. a meeting and getting a love offering. Yeah, they're not. There's... Can you talk about, especially, you know, the end of the year, December, you know, beginning of the year, that seems, I hear a lot of times from preachers, that seems to be a dead time for evangelists. Yeah, there's different times. Uh, uh, December used to be. And I don't know, I guess we mentioned that off camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, go ahead. When I first started in evangelism, uh, I didn't have any meetings from Thanksgiving on for the first couple of years. So I went to work at uh, J.C. Penney's uh, selling shoes uh, just to have some money come in to obviously pay the bills and also put some uh, Christmas presents under the tree uh, for the kids. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not above working. You know, you have to work. And mm -hmm. uh, Paul worked. I guess I could work. I don't do it anymore. I have a, a couple of churches now. Uh, every December I preach at a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on Sunday morning. The first Sunday, I should say. And then the second Sunday I preach at a church in Rossville, Georgia. Uh, every, the second Sunday every year and have for several years. And they do it to help me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, of course, we have good services, and it's a blessing. The people kind of look forward to it. And, you know, after all the years, I've told all my uh, Christmas story humorous things. 
So you just got to preach, you yeah. know, and you got to come up with new Christmas messages. <laughs> yeah. uh, I usually don't have to the first Sunday, <laughs> but uh, the second I do, yeah. I'll come up with something. But it, I think that's a... Uh, I remember Terry Angel down the road one December several years ago, and I think he does it for different evangelists. It's a different one each year, yeah, I think. Yeah, every year. I went there one year. Okay. <laughs> Only reason I remember it is I got there and I... I, I used to wear Sansa belts, and I don't know if you young guys know what Sansa belt pants are, but they were Jmar Sansa belts. They they had a, their own belt. You didn't have a belt that went. You oh, know, okay. There was no loops, and um, golfers wore them. And I always wore them when I flew because you didn't have to take your belt off. Okay. And yeah. and now I don't because I you know I have other things that they let me do. But anyway, so I get there and I wore Sansa belts. I didn't have a belt. For my suit, I called Terry up. I said, "What's your waist?" You know, like eight o'clock Sunday morning. And he told me, "I said, well, bring me a belt, man. I don't have to, I didn't bring a belt. I don't have a belt this this Christmas Sunday morning here at your church." So, yeah, there's, again, there's back to forgetting stuff, mm-hmm. which happens a lot. It's worse now than it used to be. We ended the last um, episode talking about you know, just God t- caring for your needs. And uh, off camera, you mentioned that there was okay. a specific story yeah. that you wanted to share about that. Yeah, I went and preached for a guy. I didn't know either one of these guys. Uh, I still lived in Michigan, so it was uh, 33, 34, maybe 35 years, probably 35 years ago or mm-hmm. more. And I had just really kind of getting started good. you know. And I had meetings since 1976, but... Uh, things really picked up later on. But these are two guys I'd never been with. So I went to the first guy in a small church, uh, Mississippi. And I stayed, uh, where did I stay? I think I stayed in the, yeah, I stayed in the church. They had, you know, one of those fabulous uh, prophet's rooms. And the, the last night of the meeting, I had I, had, I sold uh, cassette tapes back in those days. You can tell how long ago it was. So I had $33 in checks. Mm-hmm. And I asked the pastor, I said, do you mind if I cash these checks out of the, the offering? The, the offering plates were on the Lord's Supper table. He said, it'd be fine. So I went up there, cashed my, put the 33 checks in there and uh, worth of checks and took $33 out. Well, it was easy. There was only 56 bucks in Mm. that offering plate. Yeah. Uh, It was easy to count that. So we get ready to leave the next day, and um, Delta Airlines used to have these boxes that you put your suits in. So some, some airports didn't have them, but our airport did. So... I asked him, I said, I want to tape up this. I'd save them because, you know, I didn't want to get messed up. So I'd save them. And, and I said, you got some tape. I need to tape my suit box up. He said, yeah, there's some in the desk there in the office. So I went there and I pulled, I pulled out the, he'd only give, he gave me a love offering of 50 bucks. Well, I already knew I'd been shorted $6 mm-hmm. right there. So I go and open up that desk drawer. And there's a check right there from Mrs. So-and-so for $25 to Tim Green. Mm. Next one, $25 from the same woman, Tim Green. Next one, $25, same woman, Tim Green. That's 75 bucks. Mm. I said, this is my offering. So I counted, there was $276 there. So I said, this guy, he's robbed me. So I go out and I get ready to leave. And I said, I got one question before we leave. 
I said, all that came in for my love offering was $50 all week. I knew there was 56 in that offering. Mm -hmm. I knew there was 276 in the desk drawer. He said, yeah, that's, that's all there was. I said, brother, come here. I want you to come in this office. And he walked in there, and I pulled that out. I said, right there is $276. There's five or six checks in there for me, and mm -hmm. the rest of it's cash. That's my offering right there. He just hung his head. He tried to, you know, hem and haw. I mean, he was dead. He, yeah. He was dead. He wanted to give me it all. I said, no, I'm not taking another dime from you. That's all I'm taking, 50 bucks. I said, you can have it. You stole it. You keep it. He had to take me to the airport two hours away, so we had a wonderful time. That was a, just a delightful trip for him. I didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> so I get home, you know, and my wife, yeah. my wife always asks me two questions when I come home. How many got saved? And what was the offering? Yeah. And not only, not always <laughs> in that same order. And I said, it was $50. Yeah. Well, I mean, $50, you, you know, blow that, you know, sure. one half a day and getting stuff you have to have. So the next week, long story short, the next week I go to this other church I'd never been in, in near Washington, D.C. And uh, got there and we had a great meeting, probably a church of about 300 and a lot of people saved. You know, not like 10, 15 people saved, something like that that week. And I, and I get an offering from him. At the time, it was the largest love offering I'd ever gotten in my life. Wow. So I'm flying home on the airplane, and, you know, one week I make 50 bucks, and the next week I make the largest offering I ever made in my life at, up to then. And and I I don't know if I looked at God out the window or we just had a pretty good conversation. And I said, I guess you're going to take care of me, aren't you? And he said, I'm going to take care of you all the time, Tim. And he has. Praise the Lord. So I, I don't get bent out of shape about it. You know, I used to mm -hmm. some, a little bit. I wasn't overly happy about that 50 bucks for a week. No, yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> you know, but win or lose in any situation, the, right. the common denominators, God's yeah. still there providing for your needs. Exactly. And he always awesome. has and he always will. Awesome. He's a great God. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Brother Green, and I talking with us about it. that and what an encouraging thought that is. Join us uh, again uh, with another conversation with Brother Green. You can check out our video archives on YouTube or any of our audio-only platforms. Uh, and we thank you so much for joining us.